In Memoriam, Gerald Pifo. Forgive my grief for one remove, thy creature whom I found so fair. I trust he lives in thee, and there I find him worthier to be loved. From In Memoriam, A.H.H. by Alfred Lord Tennyson. Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. This week's sermon differs from most weeks in that it's born out of a personal loss which I have suffered recently. A friend of mine of many years died this week from injuries that he sustained in a traffic accident. I hope that you will forgive my self-indulgence because what I have to say here first serves as a way for me to deal with my own grief. I chose to make it public because we all have occasions to grieve, and my personal sharing may help you deal with your losses sometime. As Tennyson said, forgive my grief. Gerald Pifo was a big man with a big heart. He seemed to have room in his heart for all the countless people who came to know him and who drew strength from him. He was filled with a mischievous joy and shared that joy selflessly with others. Those of us who knew him feel a profound sense of loss. We're all struggling to find comfort and reassurance where none seems forthcoming. My first response is a lament. O Lord, God of my salvation, when at night I cry out in your presence, let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like those who have no help, like those forsaken among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. Those are the words of Psalm 88. When I lead groups of pilgrims to the Holy Land, we always take time to descend into the dungeon beneath the house of the high priest Caiaphas, where Jesus was imprisoned in utter darkness the night before he was tried, tortured, and executed. This pit is literally and spiritually, the depth of suffering for Jesus. You can almost hear him crying the words of this psalm out of anguish. To descend into the pit is to enter into a living hell from which there seems to be no exit. Laments like this psalm are not complaining or blaming. They are not words of self-pity. They are a spontaneous utterance like the sound of one who has been gut-punched. They are words of desperation and darkness. They are echoed in Jesus' words from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It is a smothering darkness so deep that not a flicker of light is able to penetrate. This is the dark night of the soul. The lament is the groan that issues from the throats of those have just been told that the one they love has died. 
Moments of lament are short-lived, like the cry of a child who has awakened from a nightmare. These violent outbursts of grief are followed by the more temperate, but just as agonizing feelings of sorrow. In the time of sorrow, memories come flooding in, and now the mind tries to sort out the meaning of the loss. As I look back on the many happy times that Jerry and I shared together over the years, I choked on the realization of the finality of his death. We will make no new memories together. And thus my sorrow. As human beings, we are blessed, or perhaps cursed, with the capacity for empathy. For a while in my sorrow, I was drawn to Jerry's side and suffered and struggled with him again and again, even after his suffering had ended, and even when I didn't want to. And sometimes at night I'm still drawn back to that dark place. In my heart, I suffered with his wife and his loving sister, whose grief none of us can truly appreciate. Some of our common friends suffered communally in a group text where we'd been kept updated on his condition during the weeks of his hospitalization. And I wonder if empathy is a kind of survivor guilt which arises from our need to do something while there is really nothing that we can do. We feel impotent and helpless. I know from experience that time will blot our sadness. The pain that our memories now bring will gradually turn to joy. The promise of Proverbs 10.7 will come true. Those words are, the memory of the righteous is a blessing. And Gerald Pifo was a righteous man. Now God knows that does not mean that he never did anything wrong. He knew how to be naughty. He was righteous in the sense that he had been made right with his God who accepts him just for who he is. Just like all of us did. I think heaven needs some earthy role models. In Jerry, they have one. I look forward to the day when the blessings of his memory begin to eclipse the pain. But that's something that can't be rushed or controlled. For me, it's only just begun. What also cannot be rushed are words of easy reassurance. Even Jesus, when he encountered the grieving family of his friend Lazarus, stood with them, among them, for a moment, and wept before he raised Lazarus from the tomb. But we can begin to look for comfort and reinsurance. Faith and hope allow us to do that. The place that I often turn is the beloved hymn on eagle's wings. You who dwell in the shelter of the Lord, who abide in his shadow for life, say to the Lord, My refuge, my rock in whom I trust, and he will raise you up on eagle's wings, bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, and hold you in the palm of his hand.
As I said, my friend Jerry was a righteous man. He was a good man. He dwelt in the shadow of the Lord all of his life. I have no doubt that the Lord has raised him up out of his suffering on eagle's wings and borne him on the breath of dawn where he will continue to shine in my life and in the life of so many like the sun in the sky. He rests in the palm of God's hand. We too can seek shelter in the shadow of the Lord. We do that by putting our trust in him. Let him raise us up out of our grief. Maybe there will even be a few mornings when we will find ourselves soaring with Jerry in anticipation of eternity in the oneness of God and all creation. I opened in a dark place, and I don't want to leave us there. So let's move to the brightest and most hopeful vision of all. It's found in the book of Revelation, where all of those who have come out of the great tribulations of life arrive before the throne of God, where they hear this pronouncement. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with him. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be more, no more, for those first things have passed away. This is the ultimate promise. It doesn't get any better than this. The promise that God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Not only will our pain and suffering be ended, even the memory of past sufferings will be erased. The suffering that Jerry went through, the suffering that we are currently going through, will be rendered meaningless. Our hearts will be fused at the apex of our greatest love. Those former things, the suffering, will have passed away, and all things will be made new. I invite you right now to take a moment to envision that great reunion. Close your eyes and call up that moment before the throne of God and what it will be like, how it will feel to be reunited with all those we love. As for me, I will greet Jerry in a never-ending embrace. I'm afraid that I will produce a few more tears that God will have to wipe away again. But I'm willing to take the chance. Those tears are distilled from a lifetime of friendship and love. May God bless my friend and keep him. And may God lift you up on eagle's wings and hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. And now I invite you to take a moment and enjoy Josh Groban as he sings On Eagle's Wings. You dwell in the shelter of the Lord who abided 
Yeah.